Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, what's up and how are you doing? Now, I hope in your neck of the woods, it's still not snowing like it still is here, but wait until you listen to this amazing podcast episode with Jesse Jarjour of My Velo Fit. He has literally created an AI-powered online bike fit pr- uh, company. So what you could do is you can get his um, downloadable app and really apply it to any one of your bikes at home and bike fit yourself. Now it's not to replace the professional bike fit where maybe they're helping, um, with placement of your cleats, but this is an amazing way that you can do your own bike fit at home. If you don't have access to, being able to be close to a bike fitter, or maybe you can't afford a bike fitting because they are expensive. And if you have multiple bikes, it can really get expensive. So the really cool thing about Jesse's uh, My Velo Fit Bike Fit AI platform or app is that you can do everything at home. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Definitely check him out on the socials. And maybe this is something that can really help you with, you know, a little bit of, you know, getting your bike fit right. And if you're, you know, hurting in certain parts, this is something that is a must because I've seen people blow out their knees, hips, backs because their bikes have not been the right fit for them. So make sure that you do your due diligence because you just love cycling and you want to ride without pain, most importantly. So enjoy this next episode with Jesse. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie. And we have back Jesse Jarjour, who is on episode 110 back in August 16, 2021, two years ago, we had him on the podcast talking about his business and AI technology. So he has, Jesse had created the first, the world's first AI powered online bike fit tool. Now we're going to get into an update. He, uh, when we first talked, it was very new, not even a year old. Now we're two years, he's two years into his business and he's created updates and changes and he's, and it's global and he's got a team he's working with now. So things have really, really changed since we last talked. I, I even went in and I was like, God, okay, I'll listen to that episode again. You really do 
need to listen to that first episode to capture what we're going to talk about today and just how everything has um, improved itself. But Jesse, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast to talk all about my VeloFit and how it's uh, it's grown. Welcome. Well, thanks for having me. It's uh, nice to be back. It's kind of funny to think how how much we've grown and you know, two years is still a long time though. So it's, it's been a while. Uh, but I mean, I look back at the product uh, that we had then and the product that we have now, and it's just a, a world difference. So. Yeah. The world of difference. Yeah. From yeah. It's, inception it's, it's a very, to the create the product it is now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we, we've, we've made it a lot more stable. There's been a lot of, uh, minor uh improvements and then we've launched our our new bike sizing tool too to help help riders pick the right size bike yeah so that is exactly you guys what we're going to talk about today so if you've gone in for a bike to buy a bike you've always wondered what size a bike do i need and jesse has created part of his ai technology is a measuring tool that people can use to create or or figure out how what size of bike they should buy, right, Jesse? Exactly, it's to help uh, to help determine the the best size, and it's partially a, a measuring tool, and it's also kind of an analysis tool. So the way we are going after the problem, you'll often look at bike manufacturers, and they'll have charts, and they'll yeah. say if you're between five, six, and five, nine, you're this size. And if you're between five, not 10, and five, 11, you're, you're another size. Those yeah. don't really take into account anything other than, you know, the, the, the remote potential that you might fit on that bike. <laughs> um, we, we've talked to some of these manufacturers and they know that this is not a, a, a good solution. Um, and then on the other hand, you'll, you'll see some tools out there where you hand measure every body segment, uh, yeah. and they'll tell you you're a 55 centimeter top tube, which also doesn't really solve the problem because you can have two bikes with the same length top tube and they'll fit very differently. Oh. Um, so what we've done and it, it started to, to kind of track back a little bit when we, I was planning to launch the sizing tool at the same time as the fit tool. Uh, I kind of thought they were, I mean, they are very uh, similar in a way, uh, but the, the scale of actually launching the sizing tool, it took almost a year and a half to actually get it out after we launched fit. Um, and what we do is we use the same technology that we use to analyze a person on the bike. So computer vision and pose recognition, where we draw a wireframe of the person. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of the core of our technology. But what we do with this one is calibrate those lengths and then put the person digitally on bikes so we can visually see which bikes fit best. Uh, based on the position that people are after, because there's also a component of position. So uh, mm. you might, we might both fit the same bike, but due to your limb length, the position is very aggressive for you on one bike, and it's very conservative for me. So while we both technically fit uh, the same bike, the position we're after is also a component of that. Oh, that is so true, because I mean, 
I'm sure if everybody's gone in for a bike, they stand on that, that sizing tool, they hike that thing right through your crotch and like, okay, this is like your, your, your leg length, which is your inseam. And for majority, that's how they calculate the right bike for you. But it doesn't take into consideration like your torso size, which is what you're talking about, right? Like yeah. you're, we might have the same inseam, but I might have like a shorter torso, you have a longer torso. So the top of the bike is needs to be as adjusted as like just the size, right? Yeah, and then we, the output could be two bikes that technically fit, but on, on one hand, the position is a very aggressive position. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it's a very conservative position. So we also take into account what the goals of the rider are. Are you looking to race? Are you right. looking to uh, go for long endurance rides? Um, so we take that into account. And then we we digitally pose the person on the bike. So we, we take the wireframe of the person uh, and you can select which bikes you want to see um and, and and see how you look on that bike from from a wireframe we actually we we experimented a little bit with uh you know morphing the person onto the bike so you could actually mm -hmm. see your body on a bike but it ended up looking if you've ever watched south park it kind of looked like south park characters where they were kind of choppy and it, it didn't really work uh yet maybe, maybe one day we'll go back like after that look. but yeah <laughs> Uh, it looked really goofy, so uh, we didn't we didn't do that. Um, but uh, yeah, so it lets you validate which bikes work for you and how. And we even can let you change positions on the bikes or change or change parts on the bike. So put a longer stem on, put a shorter stem on, and visually see how that changes your position. So you can take this app to the store, figure out what bike is relatively your size based on the data and then superimpose your stick finger stick figure on the bike to see how you look well kind of we kind you of. do it at home um or or we have some stores that have the the have it running at the store oh um, i thought i could use it on my phone yeah you can use it at home uh oh. and then kind of shop on your own right like you, you you don't there's no aspect of the store we have all the bike data in oh. the in the app um so you would just uh pick the bikes that you're after we try to stay up to date with the uh information oh. uh with the the database of bikes it's hard oh it's a huge database really? yeah it, i mean it could really be a full-time job oh. uh, and some brands are kind of goofy with what they share in terms of the measurements uh, mm -hmm. of their bikes so we can't actually put them in the brand or put them in the the database um but yeah we we have most of the big brands and most of the big models uh out there so if you're shopping for a bike we only do road and gravel right now we haven't it's a big enough endeavor uh that we haven't gone after other models right now yeah. or other bike types but road and gravel uh from most of the major uh brands and a lot of the smaller ones i think it's about 300 100 individual bikes we have in the list whoa yeah wow so so how are you finding now now last time when we talked and i i mentioned this that you were 
going to, you were going to launch something, but, <laughs> but now when I reminded you, you're like, I'm not quite sure we've launched lots of stuff, but share one of your biggest, like the biggest changes that you've put together on your, um, your app or your platform in the last two years. Yeah. Well, sizing is definitely the, the biggest uh thing that yeah. we launched um it's it's a really cool tool that you know saves tons of people lots of money in buying the right bike um as i said before before when we went live where we were chatting the bike sizing is broken the information out there yeah uh for people just is incomplete and the only real way you can tell if a bike fits uh i mean other than you know already owning a bike of a, the similar geometry uh, is to go to a store that does you know fit first sizing yeah. where they put you on a fit bike and determine mm -hmm. uh, which bikes fit. So we basically digitized that that product and and made it available to everybody. It's actually free as well. We're still not charging for it, uh, so you can just Ooh. go to our website and and do it for free. Nice. Uh, yeah. So anybody yeah. can go to your website like myvelofit.com and use that free product to bike fit themselves well to size themselves to size fitting themselves, product, sorry. Uh, yeah. is, uh, is there is a charge to our fitting product we do have a free version it's more to test if you will get something out of our fit the sizing is still completely free uh, and i mean you made a really good point there inadvertently that a lot of people have the concept of fit and sizing Right. uh kind of blurred together and even you know talking in in a in the bike shop shop and talking in the industry the notions of fit and sizing are discrete separate uh notions but they often get mixed up so sizing is determining the 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 size of frame that can accommodate your fit so yeah. you can have the right size of fit or the right size bike <laughs> uh, even there i did it right you can have the right size bike but with the wrong fit but you yeah. can't really have the right fit on the wrong size bike. So it's fit right. first, determine yeah. which bike can accommodate your position, and then dial in the position. Wow. I'm gonna have to share that all over after this. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I know because this is the right time when some people are looking to upgrade. And also I find July is like around the another time where a lot of people have you know, especially in my women's cycling club, we got new people coming in with older bikes and then, you know, they learn how to ride on them, but then they see like, it kind of the FOMO sits in and they see what everybody else is riding. Then they start, you know, searching for a newer bike. And this would be great. Like, especially I see some people that some bikes are like way too small, mostly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um i'm just like or too short even like really hunched over and i was like wow i mean what can you you, you can do some things but you can't do too much beside using the stem but um but yeah that'd be great for um for people just to use it at home yeah too. it really helps the the shopper kind of unbiasedly find out yeah. um, what the right size bike for them is. One of my favorite bike memes is, I, I, it's a visual one, so it's hard to do it verbally, but it's a shop owner with a 52 in stock, confident that you're a size 52. And now, <laughs> I mean, I, I've worked in the bike business for a long time and it, 
I, I don't think that we're that uh, that dirty. But you know, if if somebody's coming in and the bike is closed, the the shop, you know, the salesperson does have a incentive to get you on a you know a bike. A bike. Um, whereas is it the right bike? That's always the, uh, mm-hmm. the question, right? So this, this is how you can go in with, with a list of bikes, uh, that are the right bike. And one of the, it's both an upside and a downside to how we've built our product is that, uh, we have such a big database that you'll typically have, you know, a lot of bikes that work really well, unless you've got mm-hmm. very, uh, unique, uh, body, body shape or body structure, I should say, because shape has less to do with it. Um, yeah. The, the there you'll usually get too many bikes. So you narrow it down to, you know, bikes that you're after. Um, <laughs> it and narrows then, down to price. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we try not to have a concept of like, it's a shopping tool, but we're actually not, you know, with so many bikes, they'll have, for instance, like, well, all the big brands, they'll have models that go from 2000 to 20,000 now. So we, we try to kind of narrow, like stay away of the notion of price and stay more with like what fits you. Yeah. And then you, Oh my God, the $10,000 bike fits me. Fuck. Yeah. Well, usually with most of them, there's, there's the same bike for, or very similar bike for, you know, $3,000 maybe as there is, you know, for $20,000, it's just componentry. So like the level of carbon, the wheels, right. and the, the group set that changes. Uh-huh. Do you find that people are using it when they're going uh, shopping for used bikes? Because that's so, another big thing. And, and we've consciously made this decision to not, I mean, the database is so big already Yeah. Uh, that we consciously use, use the decision to, for now, go with only current model year bikes. Yeah. yeah. Well, not name brands, just current model model year. Because if we have to go back in time to find geometries and stuff, it gets really hard oh. to be uh, confident in the quality of the data. So we, we kind of had to do things that we could find now um, right. and then go forward. We're working on, I mean, to probably shouldn't be talking too much about what we're working on, but one <laughs> Don't, thing This is what you said last time. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> Um, and then I'll forget. So I'll say it this time and then you can hold me to it, uh, is, uh, we're like a way to, you know, input your own bike geometry. So it's like, oh, I'm shopping for a 2015 Cervelo R5, which Mm -hmm. is a current, different geometry than the current R5. Uh, so then you could put that in, uh, and see how you fit on it. Cool. So now I know, like when we talked the first time, you mentioned that coaches and clubs were using the um, uh, the app. And um, is that still the case? Like, are people still buying it and sharing it or getting the membership where they can share it so many times? Um, Do you find that that's part of your clientele that's growing? Yeah, yeah, we so we have uh, we have our we internally we, we split it up between B2B and B2C. Mm-hmm. Um, so B2B would be bike shops, coaches, physios, um, other health professionals. Um, we we're definitely seeing a lot more organic grow in the the B2C, so the individuals, right? Uh, that that's what's really exploded and let us kind of get to where we are today. 
Mm -hmm. um, the B2B as well, we still do have people using that. Um, we, and, and it is also growing, just not at the same rate. And I think that kind of falls to like market size where there's probably like tens of millions of cyclists that can use us. There, there's probably only hundreds of thousands of, you know, bike shops and coaches uh, that would find us useful. So we do have, have them. We kind of have uh, more bike shops and physios. We've gone some clubs. Clubs are an awkward one though, because it's, uh, you know, it's less obvious of like a, a commercial product where they can make money uh, from it. So, I mean, a bike shop can offer bike fit. A coach can offer bike fit through us. Uh, what we see more often with clubs is we just offer them, you know, like either a discount or the club can buy a, a bucket of individual uh, mm -hmm. fits and then disperse them through their, their club. Yeah. Do you find that because of that, like there's more education that needs to be done on that end? Like when you hand it over to say like a group? Yeah, it would require more onboarding for sure because mm -hmm. there's a much more dispersed, there's a, uh, a much more kind of a larger discrepancy of knowledge of even adjusting the bikes, right? Where when yeah. we give it to a, or, or set up a shop with a, an account, we know that, you know, somebody there knows how to adjust a bike and, and right. make all those adjustments. Uh, and they can do that as a central location to do that. Whereas with a club, you know, everybody's doing it at home uh, and they might not have the the tools both figuratively and and mm. not to to actually make the adjustments. Yeah, no, I can totally see that because I was like, mm, that brings in a whole lot of questions from a lot of people on that side, you know, when one person is trying to facilitate it through mm -hmm. a group. So I was just wondering if that was thing. So you got lots of people. Are, are you global? You have people yeah. like around the world using your product yeah we've got uh we've got yeah all of like literally the whole world <laughs> um we we have it like places you i never really thought like one of the ones that really surprised me was some you know people still using us in ukraine like during a war that was pretty 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 wild and uh surprising and humbling yeah. Um, and then, you know, people, uh, yeah, li li literally most countries have, 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 we've had one or two users come through our key. I mean, we advertise mostly in the Anglosphere. So, um, yeah. th that's kind of where most of our users are, but we do have, and it makes sense, right? Cause people ride their bikes all over, mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of places don't really have bike fitters. So that's where we're seeing right. a, a lot of organic growth where people, you know, instead of asking in forums like hey how's my bike fit uh they can actually you know do do a bike fit on themselves at home there oh that is that is very handy yeah yeah especially in rural areas where there's uh you can't get to uh to a bike shop exactly and a bike shop that might not have somebody there to help yeah and it really makes uh with like but brands like canyon and and the world, but there's other direct to consumer or brands where it's actually really easy to get a good bike at home. Now, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in rural Ontario, you might've had to drive, you know, six hours to get, uh, uh, you know, a bike and then a bike fit. Um, mm -hmm. whereas, you know, now you can get a bike delivered to your front door tomorrow uh, and a trainer for that matter. 
but then you still have to drive six hours to get the bike fit. Um, yeah. So it's a, it's a great solution. And we, we do see that too in the usership that a, a lot of people are, are, are rural. Oh, that is so cool. So I know that you spoke a lot about the data collected. Now, I don't want anybody to get all freaky about data, but he is taken, <laughs> he is a developer. And um, so what are you finding within the data that you're collecting, like uh, between like users and types bikes? Like, can you see that kind of stuff? Oh, definitely. So there, there's a lot of trends that we notice. Uh, yes, talk pretty about obviously. some of those. So one is that your saddle's probably too high. <laughs> like oh, one of the yeah. like yeah, I've tons seen that. of people. We we see more high saddles than low saddles. Um, so if you're at home and you're unsure, it's like a try, try, try lowering your saddle. Um, and then we see, I, I, I have, I don't have this in front of me, but I was looking at it recently as I most, most women have a setup that's too long for them. I, I would say it's actually quite common to have a setup that's too long, but more so on the, the women's side that like either the stem's too long or, um, or the bike's too, too long of a bike. We see that really mm -hmm. frequently. Those would be the two, the two biggest, like pure data, um, observations in terms of like in terms of what's going on with the fit um in terms of kind of bike usage too it's like a lot of high-end bikes a lot more high high-end bikes than i would expect i kind mm -hmm. of was expecting this to be really like the meat and potatoes of our usership to be like the 25 to five thousand dollar bike range but it's actually yeah. probably like the the seven to twelve uh, so oh. a lot of quite, quite high-end bikes coming through. Ah, so, so you could, oh, so you can see what your end user is inputting as a bike style that they yeah. have. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. I think, well, I think it's because that's all it was available, right? That, that, yeah, that's very years. true for the last few years. Yeah. And then on the searching side, I mean, everybody's looking for the direct to consumer brands, especially. So Canyon is the. Mm -hmm. uh, the most searched for brand for people who are shopping for bikes, uh, on mm -hmm. our, on our platform, I think, I mean, the, the, the bigger brands like Trek and giant, uh, are definitely probably being bought more, but, uh, people looking for bikes through us are searching for Canyon the most. And that makes sense. Cause there's not really anywhere. I mean, there are places in the UK and Germany where you can go test ride a, a or sorry, a Canyon. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there aren't many places where you can do that. I have heard that they've taken over the online space and they did it quite early on. Uh, I think even before COVID hit, but yeah. and whenever I, I'm in a forum or a woman's Facebook page and somebody asks about like, say a gravel bike, for instance, Canyon, always the top of the, like, they just have so many brands, uh, so many models. And it's always at the top of the, the recommendation list. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah they're, yeah. they're, they're great bikes. They're popular. You can get them even during the ball there. There was a point where they had a, they were hard to get, but I think even now you, you can get most of their models. That's mostly done the supply chain issue. You can get a lot of models relatively quickly these days. Um, their sizing is a little strange though uh in a couple of ways so you know i, I think our tool for canyon is, is really helpful because 
a lot of people get confused with their sizing because they're like, I'm a medium for everything else, but Kenyon saying I'm a small. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, they might go and buy the medium or they might, uh, you know, just be confused and, and not very confident where we're seeing like they are, their size labels are kind of a size bigger uh, than you would mm -hmm. expect. So uh, it's not uncommon to, to need a size smaller than you would think. Uh, so, uh, that, that's a big one, but the other really frustrating one with Canyon is you can't change the, the touch points. So the, the handlebar or the stem, uh, mm -hmm. are, are often too long, um, for the rider. Uh, so you have to order a second one. And I think there's all sorts of like Canyon swapping, uh, groups. Happening? Yeah. Where it's like, I have is it, a is it one stem. piece? Often is that why? One piece. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, even oh, if it's I two piece, so cool. uh, I mean, I guess it's easy to change a stem, but when you're having to change a, like an integrated uh, handlebar yeah. stem, yeah, that's that can be frustrating. Oh, canyon swapping group <laughs> doesn't surprise me, <laughs> but yeah, you can't exactly send it back if you make a mistake. That's one of those things, right? Yeah, and it, it's kind of frustrating too because like I don't think it would be that hard for the brand to say. Actually, sorry, I've heard this, and this might not be the, the best place to discuss this, but I heard I have heard that they used to have the ability to pick your stem length, but it was too confusing for the average shopper, and it actually lowered conversion. Oh, um, so they they switched it to not choosing because it's it's easier to make that decision, and I can kind of appreciate that. Like, it's not their job to kind of be like a, a bike fit or you know to be the place they build where you your bike online stuff. kind of thing yeah yeah hmm. yeah jesse maybe that's uh you should um approach them with some of your data they might find that very helpful <laughs> i could get anybody on the phone at canyon <laughs> well yeah really well i'm on I their email try. list <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm sure I'm sure they love to send emails well yeah i know i'm like huh he's another set yeah. Like, how did I get on this list anyways? But but I am. So yeah. all right. Now what are you what's uh coming up? What's with some new integrations you're gonna be doing? Or like is well, everybody's you know, gotta change something. Yeah, yeah. I mean you've got to if you're not innovating, you're you're dying, right? So we've mm -hmm. got uh we have a, a long list of things we want to do. Uh, a lot of them, again, like the previous time, I don't really want to to let too much out. I, I think we're we're looking at new ways to innovate how people fit their bikes and what what data um, we use and fitters use to analyze the position. So the the classic stick figure bike fitting has been done for probably 15 years now, right? It's getting kind of old. So we're looking at ways we can use our, our massive database of riders to train systems to make better, more relevant recommendations for how people are moving on their bikes. Mm -hmm. um, without going into too much detail, I think there's the stick figure is a great, and a lot of fitters out there now are saying, you know, using a stick fit figure to fit people and using, you know, joint measurement, joint angle measurements isn't really the way to go. And I disagree with that. I think having quantified data is always a, a good 
uh, basis. I mean, it, it can't be the only decision that you use to uh, right. to adjust people, but it, it should be the basis of the fit. Uh, and we're looking at ways that we can uh, improve the quality of data and improve uh, movement screening and uh, an overall holistic approach to what we see on the bike and make recommendations on that. What are That's they kind suggesting of, outside of instead of using in its place? Like how can you let's a trained it. eye is one of the the ones, right? Well, you have your your fit gurus who are saying, I don't need these this data because I can see how people move, which there I I don't disagree with that being part mm -hmm. of a bike fit. Uh, sometimes I've intentionally put people out of measured ranges in an in-person fit. Um, because I can see certain ways they're moving. And uh, as an aside, we do that with, and we do that to a different extent with my VeloFit. What we do is with the AI, we collect data on how the rider is planning on riding their bike and their mobility. Yeah. And we have a much more specific set of uh, joint angle ranges than any of the commercial fit products out there. Um, yeah. So if I'm fitting somebody with my system at, uh, in my studio, uh, other than my VeloFit, because I use my VeloFit in my studio as well. But if I'm doing it with my my LED motion capture system, uh, they have a predefined set of ranges that could range anywhere from, you know, on the conservative side, it's like a first time rider. And on the aggressive side, it's a pro racer. So all those people get the same mm -hmm. range. Yeah. Uh, whereas with my VeloFit, we kind of dive into why they're like how they're riding their bike and what sort of restrictions they might have uh, and customize the ranges for that individual. Yeah. Do you get um, a lot of beginners that progress into more? Um, I was like, like fitter, more professional, like they, they more they grow into like a newer bike. Do you know what I mean? Like they start with this bike and then they get the higher end bike and then the higher end, like as they progress in fitness, do you see like people with your program doing that for different types of bikes? Like over the, well, you're only, it's only been like three years, but like in that time, have you seen pr some people progress into yeah, I mean, I would say it's only been three years, but it's probably the three years with like the biggest uptake of, you know, yeah, getting into cycling and training hard as a cyclist with, you know, I, I saw it in, in my fit studio and online with people, you know, getting their first bike and then mm -hmm. that same year getting a race bike and <laughs> then, you know, the next year, you know, seeing them and then they've trained. 15 hours a week for a year and now they look like a pro cyclist and they're you know they're super strong and you know dropping wow. dropping people in the park so you know yeah I've, I've we've seen it seen it it's harder we it is something i could track in my velofit it's not something i i actively track in our user base right. uh but it's something i've seen in the fit studio uh for sure uh, over the last and i mean to to kind of change gears to in-person fitting I, it's something i've seen the whole arc in my my fit career of you know selling people fitting them on their first bike then their second bike and mm -hmm. now they might be you know they they started they got into masters racing and now they're kind of aging out of that and 
in a way, you know, they're still really fit people at all ages, but, you know, maybe they've had kids and they're only riding once or twice a week now. Um, and then kind of transitioning back away from the race bike into, you know, more of an endurance bike that will be fine, you know, or more gravel, fun to ride or, or gravel. Yeah. 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 Well, that's really cool. Cause I was just thinking, cause I've seen that too, um, within our ladies, like, you know, some come with them with hybrids by the end of the summer, they've gotten their first road bike and then, two three years they've dropped the cash for the expensive bike and i think for a lot of us that's you you hold on to that one and then you start getting multiple bikes you know like yep. yeah <laughs> there it's i mean the, the the n plus one it's uh and uh, again kind of kind of a reason why we we built this was built the sizing is it's hard to you know, when there were no bikes, we had a ton of people coming to us yeah. and saying, you know, what size bike should I order? Because uh, I can't, I can't sit on one anywhere. Right. Um, so yeah. that's, that's what, one of the big reasons why we did it and to get people who are kind of transitioning from bike to bike. And then the classic one we got was, uh, you know, I'm a 54, so I need another 54. And we, we have a series on this on our, on our, our blog where we talk about, you know, sizes aren't sizes. You can have two fifty fours. I'm I'm trying to remember, but we there's some brands, some models will have a bigger size spread and and one size jump. So from a fifty two to a fifty four, then others have across their entire lineup. Like the, there's all sorts of wonky. Uh, when you really dive into the data of bike fit or bike sizing, there's all sorts of like weird jumps um, mm. and sizes. There's mm. sizes that don't really line up with anything. Uh, there's sizes from one year to another. The new Canyon uh, Colnego, uh, their their new V4RS, I think they their VR4S versus their previous model. Like you couldn't go to one and then the next and the same size, you'd be getting right. a completely different bike. Oh my God. Why, and, why would a company do that? That's just confusion for everybody. No? To be fair, the previous, uh, <laughs> wow. uh, their, their previous year geometry was really funny. So I, it's, I think it's a good thing that they've so changed they're prof- it. They're changing it for the yeah. better. Yeah, but it okay. doesn't help anybody who's going uh, going from one to the other. Right. I could easily, I could really see somebody get uh, get caught by that. Mm-hmm. That's super. Well, all right. Now, since um, you are, we've all got caught up. Now, where can people find you and your, um, and where can they buy? your product so we are still web-based so we say app it's a web app we have a lot of people trying to find us in the app store uh but we're, oh, yeah. we're online yeah okay yeah was, uh, yeah it, it makes it i mean it's still an app by you know by some standards but it's not you know an ios or an android app it's a web app so we did that intentionally to be able to have the most people be able to use us because uh, you can all you need is a web browser a mm-hmm. camera uh, so you can use it on your phone you can use it on your desktop your laptop your tablet um, you can 
record a video on a GoPro and then transfer it. So you, you can use us anyway. Uh, we're at www.myvelofit.com. And then we're on all the socials at myvelofit for everything. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're easy to find. I recommend uh, going to find them on Instagram because they have a lot of uh, little short videos and information there because that's why I was scrolling through there. Now, now they can go find you, so right, all the socials. Um, we're going to talk about business because <laughs> when I was talking to Jesse two years ago, he was by himself. Now, now he's got a team and we were just talking before we started uh about how that's different right like going from a solo entrepreneur to employing people what's that feel like because you know if if you've been one of those people that your business has basically grown it's i imagine it's hard to let go some certain things to to someone else to develop them or build them or um and so that you can do other things talk about your talk about your feelings around how like just getting into the growth of your business and when when did you decide that it was time well like when so you're when, sleeping zero hours when, no <laughs> when we launched uh, i did have a, a co-founder at the time so uh, we, we've grown oh, yeah that's from, right from yeah yeah um yeah definitely the so i i built the first version and uh i mean i i'm not a developer uh i i had been working on it nonstop for for two years basically to get it where it was and then we when we i think it was i'm not sure if it was right before or right after we spoke to you there was a couple uh media uh posts about it or no we're august right where we talked so yeah in mm -hmm. april of 2021 we had a, a a media cycling tips and bike radar i think uh picked up us on us and it really oh, cool. it, it really blew us up um You're like, and it, it, oh my god yeah well it was it was hard to to keep the website up for the volume oh. like we were crashing and that that speaks more to my inefficiency as a developer than you know a massive amount of people so we brought in some talent to help uh you know solidify our product and um make it more scalable that was kind of one of the the biggest things and then uh, there there are a lot of things that uh the extra people did that made it you know faster speed's always been an issue where we would like to get it a little quicker than it is right now it's uh kind of anywhere from 90 seconds to three minutes, I would say roughly when, from when you upload a video to when you get your results, oh. um, which. Do you which have is, your oh, own servers? Is that. Well, we're cloud-based, we're cloud-based with uh, cloud mm -hmm. servers. Uh, the the mm -hmm. processing to actually do the, um, the computer vision and the pose estimation. So what we use to measure the body is actually extremely, uh, high high cost servers so the, we couldn't really i mean we could we could buy the servers but the scalability would then be different um so mm -hmm. we, we use cloud servers so it can auto scale so whenever people uh upload if we need more servers it, it happens automatically oh, okay. um so mm -hmm. the the people we brought in were really good at kind of making that aspect more efficient um 
and then mm. yeah just a lot of really really cool improvements and um and kind of the usability of the product uh over the years so it's it's gotten to be a much more user friendly and we're still working on that there's still these uh there there'll always be improvements that we can make in terms of the usability and then um yeah new products as we go yeah yeah i guess you just don't think about that when everybody's like yeah we need media attention but then you don't expect everything else that's going to come you know, can handle it <laughs> yeah i remember i think it would have been the the christmas before uh we that so it would have been december no i'm trying to there's one major holiday where we were getting a ton of usage and it was like crashing in the middle of the night. And I basically stayed up all night kind of uh, debugging and, and getting it up, keeping it up. We don't like, again, like we don't really have those problems anymore, uh, but those were some growing pains. And all that being said, like we've never been down for more than a couple of seconds. Well, a couple of minutes, uh, like, and, and now it's, you know, we haven't had any outages for a while. There's the occasional, uh, you know, general internet outage that affects us, you know, yes. from either AWS or one of the other big providers that kind of mess out with everything. Mm -hmm. But people get in their bike fit uh, when the, those things happen aren't usually the, the, the top concern. You know, yeah. people are worried more about their banking and, and other things than coming yeah. to us. No, when they're on Swift, Jesse. Yeah, 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 that's, that's the big one. If they can't get on Swift. Or can or, or your or their uh, program freezes and you're like mm -hmm. in the middle of a stop. sprint, and they just have to bike on their own. That's what I did the other yeah. day. I'm like, okay, fine. I just need to put time in. I don't really need to be on this program, but it just makes it a little bit more endurable. So, it's so hard. Yeah, we we've gotten so used to those things, right? I like know. the if you can't get Zwift to load, it's like, well, do I even ride? I know, I know, right? You spend like 20 minutes trying to figure it out. It's a huge waste. And that's the thing about being online. Like sometimes you spend more time trying to do it than your training that you just need to do, right? Yeah. But, so what about the, like the team that you're building? Like you've, you brought in some great people to help with the back end, like all the, like the server type stuff, which I don't think anybody's any of us would ever think about right everybody's just concerned about you know what they're seeing in the development but what does it feel like to start growing your team like it's uh it can be scary uh, you know when you're you're not worried about only your your own well-being um there's always a, a risk as well you know both in terms of you know when uh, labor is expensive and bringing these people in uh, we're we're a new business, so we we don't fully know what we're going to do next month, right? So we have to take risk and forecast off of off of the past. But you know, two years of data when you're a growing company doesn't really tell you much. We've noticed some seasonality in our business, but yeah, you know, is it is it just? Uh, I mean, it's two years, so could it, it? We're also growing just organically. So it's a seasonality, just uh, an artifact of something else that we're not aware of or, right. or what. So it's really hard to, to balance, you know, adding people to the team and forecasting for future growth um, and bringing those people in to help, you know, where, I mean, we're, 
myself and my co-founders, I mean, we're, we're bike people. We're not, you know, marketing people. We're not developers. I mean, we kind of develop, but, uh, you know, bringing in that experts to help grow that way is uh, going to be really beneficial for us. Yeah. Are you able to get on your bike before you weren't? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not riding as much as I used to. It's kind of depressing. <laughs> we, we were talking uh, this internal meeting the other day about, you know, Wednesday night, all hands, or sorry, Wednesday afternoon, all hands mountain bike rides or something where we can, as a team, go, go mountain bike and, you know, get those rides in. Cause I went from riding, I mean, last year was my lowest mileage year in five since that 2016, so six years. Um, and so that's a little depressing and, you know, sitting at a desk all day, at least previously, you know, with my, my day job of bike fitting, you're, it's not the most physical, but you're up and moving all the time. Uh, yes. Whereas, you know, just, just sitting at the desk all day, like my, I have to change my bike fit for one because my my hips have gone so tight and my back has gone uh bad that like i i'm i'm riding a not a position i would be riding generally um and it, it, it's it's good for empathy though right to to remember that you know the bike fit is fluid and it's something you have to to address regularly and when you have mm-hmm. you know fitness or flexibility changes uh you need to change your bike fit so oh my uh, gosh we yeah. yeah just say that again everybody <laughs> yeah you're, you're fit my one of my favorite lines regarding bike fit is it's like a haircut not a vasectomy uh it's a process not an event so you, it's something <laughs> you need to do regularly not just once and that's why this is good to have this i'm gonna, I'm gonna forever call it an app but this program because things do change and i would imagine that if you had multiple different bikes not everyone's going to be fitted the same yeah. as well well no over yeah there's a combination of multiple bikes and and time so fitness changes uh weight changes flexibility changes uh those yeah. are the times where you want to adjust your position um oh, and then wow. yeah across the bike spectrum you might have a gravel bike a road bike a tt bike and a mountain bike so each of those have their own fits and if you're going to a fitter for each of those and it adds up those are four three hundred and fifty dollar fits if you're going for you know a high-end fit okay so if you got all those bikes which i have all those bikes at home how do you know which fit is proper like i have not like if i were to go into your program if i were to buy it today um how would I use it for all my multiple different bikes, like from my road bike to my gravel bike to my time trial bike to my mountain bike? So we have a, a couple of things or we have we have two different price points for our fit. So you would definitely be we call it an enthusiast and then a pro. Um, so the enthusiast is usually is for one bike and it's a two week access period. And that's thirty five dollars. For somebody like you who has a lot of bikes and you know you're gonna you're not gonna fit them all at the same time too you're gonna fit them over time uh we have our our pro plan which is 75 dollars, and it gives you a year to with multiple bikes okay so and then within our our software there's a couple things we have your your flexibility where you input your flexibility and that's going to be 
consistent across all your bikes, right? Your flexibility is your flexibility. So you would enter that. We have two ways of entering it. One, you can do a quick survey. It's six questions, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, or you we your toes. Can, yes, no. Yeah, it, but pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also have a, a video analysis where you upload a video of yourself doing specific movements and it will oh. tell you what your flexibility is. Wow. Uh, and well, now that, that where you can't cheat. I like yeah, that. exactly. No cheating. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm great. And then they do really? it and they get bad scores. It's like, well, you're not great. Um, <laughs> and then we have uh, the notion of a fit session. So for you, you would have a fit session for each one of your bikes. And in each one of those bikes, you can tell the system, this is a mountain bike. This is a road bike. This is a gravel okay. bike. This is a TT bike. Yeah. And then it will change the uh, the way it recommends the fit because it's going to know the position you're after. Right. And then for each fit, you can also identify whether you want the position to be kind of more racy or more conservative. Right. Because you might have two road bikes, one for crit racing and one for doing, you know, endurance riding. Yeah. So you would set them both to road, but one with uh, performance and one with comfort. Right. Uh, and then the system will automatically in conjunction with your mobility, uh, make recommendations to get you closer to the ideal position for, for you and your riding type. That is really cool because, and then I could use it like a month later when I decide, you know, to, um, I'm going to do a lot of gravel riding so that I can go and I like size up my bike. Um, you know what? That would be really good because I just have this sinking feeling that my gravel bike is, is I just feel a little stretched on it compared to my road bike. But then if, yeah, then that could be just because of different bikes, different well, sports, the, different type of There's cycling. a couple things to consider there. Typically our gravel for gravel and cyclocross or like any sort of technical riding where we're aiming for usually a bit less stretched out than your road bike yeah, uh depending thought. on how things are set up there's there's two considerations so one is the 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 current and the last generation of hydraulic lovers mm -hmm. uh so your your shift and brake lovers are actually quite a bit longer than uh the the previous um one so they'll be 15 to 20 millimeters longer than a than the non-hydraulic levers now i mean everything's hydraulic now with disc brakes so uh but if you're coming from a uh, a rim brake bike to a hydraulic disc brake bike there's some longer levers there and then the other one especially we see with women is a lot of the the reach comes from them sitting further back trying to get on a wider point of the saddle than the front of the bike so saddle is always a component of reach on a bike hmm. i'm just looking at my bike right now because <laughs> like on the other side of the room i'm just looking at, i'm like all right where's my saddle sitting i think it's as far forward as i can get it mm. but i can i can yeah i can see that yeah i don't know well, we'll have to get you set up and you'll have to upload some videos and, and take a look. Yeah. <laughs> the, other, the other option that we have a lot of uh, users do as well is you can also pay $75 more and I'll review your fit. 
uh, remotely and, and work with you on your fit. So we do have a lot of people uh, from kind of all over the world uh, do that as well. So it kind of lets you get like an in-person fit remotely. Oh, wow. That must take up your time. It takes up uh, time. It is, uh, it's not the hardest thing to do though. And it's kind of, <laughs> because it's, people actually really like it because it's on their own schedule too. So it's like yeah, yeah. usually a day back and forth. So they'll, they'll upload a new video. Let me know they've uploaded a video. I'll look at it and tell them what to do. And then it will be, you know, anywhere from three to five emails, usually over the course of a week or two. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of work on it together. So it can take a little bit of time. And we've talked about maybe switching it to like a Zoom call or something, but it's actually That's pretty, nice. pretty efficient. Yeah. I was wondering, do you send back videos? I don't. No, I usually just type it out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Zoom's kind of would be kind of, yeah, it's always good because then you can like at, get all the answers, question, uh, questions answered. The only thing about my bike is that the stem is a different type of stem. It's like a square. It's oh. not a typical uh, road road stem. So, so it gets hard to make adjustments. I can't make adjustments. Like, it's not like I can flip it upside down to make it, you know, like change the angle or anything. It's, it's like, I don't even know if I could get another replacement or something shorter. So that's kind of the issues for that. But well, and we're, that's something we're seeing a ton now. There's so many bikes are going to either one piece bar stems or, yeah, you know, saying. or, um, proprietary stems so our sizing allows you our sizing tool allows you to play with the stem length mm -hmm. uh, so you can figure that out before you buy uh, and then usually a lot of shops will let you you know change stems new for new for no cost and bike brands will right. do that as well yeah 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 if you know that if you know if, if you know that ahead of time that's always helpful for sure yeah um, that is super cool all right everybody did you hear that? You could put all your bikes in there for $75 and you could pay an extra $75 to have Jesse uh, give some feedback if you're really stuck um, or if you'd like to have that one-on-one. -on -one. This has been awesome, Jesse. Um, all right, well, we all know where to find you, mybellofit.com. I think that's the same across all socials like Facebook, Instagram. I think you're on YouTube, right? We are. We're just working on putting out more content on YouTube. Uh, it's also at my Velo Fit there. Yeah. Content, content, content. Have you got yeah. yourself a content manager yet? Well, that's yeah. I mean, this is the, it could, another full time job that we're going oh, to have. Oh, totally. Ugh, yeah. God. <laughs> Anyways, thanks so much, everybody, for listening in. Now, don't forget to put your notifications on um, wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow us and jesse on youtube um you find us at uh secrets from the saddle podcast and jesse at my velo fit and putting those notifications on so you don't miss another episode thanks everybody have yourself an amazing day and uh make sure that uh you check out his uh his platforms take care everyone bye thank you all right, people, there you have it. Jesse Jarjour from My Velo Fit here in Ottawa. And if you're sitting anywhere in the world and you have uh, multiple bikes that you would like to 
figure out if your bike fit is right for those bikes. This seems to be, or this is the program for you. So check out myvelofit.com. Like Jesse was saying, you can buy the $70 one year uh, membership and you can put all your multiple bikes in there and size them up to make sure that they are right for you. And you know, having it for a year is not a bad idea because sometimes things shift and you're like, oh my God, I got back pain. Why is that? You can always go back and check your bike fit, which is super handy because like I said, sometimes I'll just give an example. My seat post would slide down and over, you know, maybe a month and I'd be like, oh my God, my legs like this feels different. I'd noticed. Um, but if you're not that intuitive, then maybe this, this is just something really good to have and you can always check, right? So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm really excited that uh, we were able to get Jesse back on here for an update and um and exciting that as a entrepreneur it is going strong and he is employing people so have an amazing day and enjoy that episode i hope you enjoyed it and i hope you take advantage of checking out jesse take care everyone have an amazing day bye thank you so much for spending this time with me on the secrets from the saddle podcast learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.